Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Gumby and Alan Mitch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm here with my awesome brother from another mother, the host with the most, uh, Alan Witch. Are you present? I'm present. Wow, that was a long introduction. Kind of like Marco. I had another birthday in that introduction there, so I appreciate that. Thank you <laughs> wow. so much. We're having a really good day. This is our this is our marathon podcast day. A lot of continuity today, and I'm excited about the the guests we have on now and Me too. the topics. And uh, I think it's going to be really cool. And this is the first today for all of us. This is the first that we've had another pair on as right. guests for our show. Right. Business partners here, and yeah, business, I'm excited yeah. about that because the collaboration is something you and I do from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and these uh, these young ladies uh, do it together, right in the same spot. And um, yeah, you can see see them posing. We have video, of course, and we'll take the audio out. But this is going to be featured on C-Suite Radio as well. And I know that a lot of you out there that listen to this will know these uh, ladies when they're introduced uh, very soon. Uh, but we'll uh, have this on Megaphone out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podomatic, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Uh, and that is a mouthful. I should just get that recorded so I don't have to say it all the time. You but should. it's fun either way because sometimes I mess it up and those are the bloopers that we get. Alan, no, we don't. We, we used to cut stuff out. We don't cut it out now. Yeah, we don't. How, how are you? I think maybe just because we're getting a little bit more fluid with this, but uh, we're learning. That's a we good thing. We are learning. We're still learning. So what's going on up uh, in Portland? You're good? You know, yeah, it's good. You know, we started this morning, and it was dark at my first podcast with you. This morning was dark, and now it's now it's really sunny, and I and I really want to look outside, but it gives me a, a, a white face and a black face. So <laughs> the, the shadow's not good. So now I'm, 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 uh, I'm in a really, actually, a really dark room right now, but it seems to work. So I'm, I'm a happy guy. We're cool. here and uh, having a good time. How about yourself? Awesome. Let's bring in our guests because uh, this is an exciting uh, subject, and I got to get to know these people and listened, uh, you know, quite uh, uh, intently. Even though they might not have noticed that, but I pay attention to things, and you know, when um, things come up that I know inevitably is going to affect business if they don't get it right, uh, they figured some stuff out, and it's really cool. And I want to uh, talk 
to these uh, people and find out. But, Alan, bring them on the show. Let's do this. I'm going to bring them on. But we got to give a little shout-out to Tallgrass and to uh, C-Suite. That is true. Hazel, because yeah, thank you. That seems to be some Great of the bond here and, and the For connection sure. between those. And All I right. want to make sure that, that there we you do go. that. So, uh, so, the, the, so there's a little pitch to our buddies uh and uh we want to make sure that uh that we do include them of course like you said we're on c-suite and soundcloud and on megaphone and uh, megaphone is going to be really cool because it gives us lots of analytics for, for sure. everybody and excited about that but we have on today the rose group international actually i added the word the they don't have the on there but it's kind of <laughs> like the facebook or the google right. so yeah i'm that guy um, I apologize, so I apologize right up front uh, that to be the case. But blending psychology and technology and business together, two different perspectives, two different environments, two different backgrounds coming together for a common goal in a business environment. And a lot of times, uh, you know, people shy from that. But when you can collaborate and bring the genius from both backgrounds into an environment where you're helping a company a scale, whether it's small, medium, or large, I think there's some great synergy in that. And we're going to hear from these two ladies today. So without further ado, Dr. Rachel Headley and we're going to bring in Meg Mankey, both uh, founders of uh, the Rose Group International. Ladies, welcome to Think Bold, Be Bold. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. I like we're it. To, let's we're do trying it. to equal your enthusiasm. We're ready. We're ready. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. Uh, so tell us, uh, you know, I, I always find it fascinating, um, especially when, you know, people bring uh, different sides of things because Alan and I have done the same thing, but we're also doing it, you know, far away. But working together and how that all kind of happened. But let's start with some backgrounds because I think they're impressive and really cool how you're brought that together and now uh, doing what you guys do. So uh, whoever wants to go first, just jump right in. Tell me a little bit about it. You can just go. Yeah. Yeah. Just go. We'll just do it. We'll just do it. Um, Well, I have three degrees in geography and uh, this is Rachel. This is Rachel. not that kind of smart. (laughs) Sorry. This is Rachel. Uh, That's right. Three degrees in geography and uh, my PhD is from Penn State. And when I but the kind of geography I was doing was all related to satellite science and how we take all the satellite data that's being collected all around the earth and figure out what's actually happening um, on the surface of the earth. And that's pretty cool work. I did that uh, for about 10 years. And then I, um, then I jumped over into the engineering side of the house and became the operational science officer and uh, worked with about 150 engineers and they were incredible and uh, ass kicking. Um, best team in the world that's doing that kind of work. And in that world, I got to kind of experience uh, leadership uh, in a more pure form, perhaps, because I actually mm-hmm. couldn't do the technical job that of the people I was working with. And so I had to actually separate myself from solving problems that I didn't have any business trying to solve and actually trying to protect <laughs> them and support them and what they were supposed to do. And that's where I kind of got really interested in different leadership styles because I saw other teams failing and our team was um, really succeeding and in the same uh, building. And why was that happening and change and and how we were dealing with a huge amount of change. And that seemed to actually make us a better team. And other people weren't dealing with change and they were sort of languishing. So we all think that change sucks, but turns out change is actually a thing that can create the highest performing teams that uh, I've ever worked on. And so awesome. that's how I Love got that. to here. Perfect. Nice journey. You didn't you didn't by track with your technology track me at all, did you? 
<laughs> um, in the past. You cannot, you know, say. She um, cannot say. I would have, have to, to kill you. Oh. I would have to kill you. But well, you're not the first person that said that, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> Just because, okay, anyway, segue. <laughs> we won't tell, Alan. We won't tell. Right. Hey, Meg. Yeah. How about you? How are you doing today? Yeah. I'll, I'm yeah. great. So I uh, I grew up uh, on a ranch out in western South Dakota. And yes, when you grow up on a ranch in western South Dakota, you have to say it that way. Ranch uh, South Dakota. So I love it. Then I decided that that kind of work was really way too hard. Uh, so I went to college, got a couple of degrees, and all of my working background has been mostly in some sort of people management or human resources, org development, We don't training. manage people. We, we lead people. Yeah, this right. is a misnomer that we're trying to <laughs> solve for people. Um, I like so that, though. Anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I've, I have a, a, a knack, I would say, for identifying different preferences and, and types of human beings and helping them understand how to work together and make sure cool. ideas are copacetic. Awesome. I like Great. that. So together, and, and, and I see um, culture, I want to talk about that because you guys are good at it because you brought some perspective, leadership, human resources, people, like it's just people, right? And, um, you know, looking at culture, culture is about people. So I love uh, uh, the subject and I always like to get great perspective because you guys solve some of these things uh, for organizations. Um, and, you know, I work on the sales side of things, but I always identify sort of how the culture is from their sales on the front end sometimes, mm -hmm. um, just how that operates. Um, but, you know, I also know that there's a lot of employees that are disengaged um, in a lot of industries and in a lot of things. And that's, I, I believe, what you uh, address and how you bring that together. Let's talk about culture and what that means so that a lot of people uh, that listen to our show are dealing with, you know, their own businesses and how they get people to be just as excited about their business as they are, right? And and that's not always the case. But how, how does that work? Like, you know, from what you guys can identify, you know, both having a, a different knack at, uh, at, you know, the people that make things happen in business. Yeah. So we're the fun thing about what we do is we we love the people and we also love the work. And so we we actually help people make sure things get done too. So, you know, we're we're all about um, empathy and supporting people and understanding where they're coming from and building a culture that everyone can thrive in. But we're also all about accountability and making sure the shit I love gets that. Done sure. And but what really in the core of it uh, and Meg, Meg, the accountability is Meg's wheelhouse. So I'm going to I'll let mm -hmm. her talk about that. But the, to start, though, the culture in your business is established whether you want it to be or not. So right. um, mm -hmm. whether it's by accident or intent. So what we want to do is help people create the culture that they want to see. And we do it by very practical methods. Everyone that reads our book is like. Wow, it's so practical. You can actually go and do the thing. So we have theory and all it. the background, right? We are we totally nerd out on leadership theory and organizational dynamics. But <laughs> what's what's the book? Let's uh, let's throw out the book okay. now. Sure, sure. Um, IX leadership, uh, awesome. create high five cultures and guide transformation. And where can they find so, it? Uh, it's on Amazon. 
There you go. Search on Headley and Mankey on Amazon. It'll come up. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll make sure the link's there for all the audience. And I just want to throw out to the audience right now, this is a perfect time, especially when you're listening in, for some of the golden nuggets that uh, get thrown around. Uh, because there will be an idea that you know sparks, and certainly we'll make sure that they know how to get a hold of you, uh, Meg and, and uh, Rachel, uh, throughout the show as well. But let's get uh, let's go back to where we were. Just wanted to interrupt there because the no, the book perfect. is uh, the book's important uh, because it does lay it out uh, nicely for people. So there you go. That's a good start, right? Yeah, it's thanks. a good start yeah, to read right? the book. Yeah, let's start there. So okay. in the book, the very first thing, one of the things that we've created. So we created some IP around. Um, teaming, so the two things we see in business that people have major challenges with that create success or failure in your business is dealing, working in a team and how we do that and dealing with chaos, right? Because change mm. is really about mm -hmm. people feeling chaotic and that makes people nuts. Or some sure. people like all four of us on this show, we kind of love it, right? We call it freedom, but people <laughs> that like order and stability call it chaos. So we sure. really have created a lot of IP around identifying who in your company operates in different ways and in diff with different approaches. And okay. that empowers this is like the personas, leadership. like avatars of who they are. Or like, yeah, or, yeah. Like, we, okay. we try not to call it personality assessment because okay. we feel like sure. that's kind of been overdone and it's yeah. it yeah. really yeah. failed. But it's the caricature that you're creating for each per for this. Right. Or, or really, better yet, can we can we position like this? Is it a genius that someone brings? Like maybe that's a good. It way is. To, it's yeah. really okay. their how they what? love to work, the environment right. they can okay. thrive in. Environment gotcha. they can thrive in. So yeah. uh, we're fixers. You guys are probably fixers. Maybe some independence in there. Fixers love uh, having chaos, chaos in their day, some freedom, but they also do it for the benefit of the wider world or their team. Mm -hmm. And so they we work on behalf of other people. They're really people oriented. And so that's just one example. Um, right. um, I'll let, I'll turn over to Meg here. She's got. Her brain's always cranking around on sure. some of these. Sure, I, I see it cranking. I see hands. it cranking. I, I, you know, it's, yeah, it's. Cr <laughs> <laughs> you know we're re recording this, so we just got that, and you we're gonna take a snapshot, and that'll be. Uh, <laughs> and, that'll, and that'll be what we're gonna do. Please That's use that as the snapshot for, for the cover. I, I love cover. it. I love it. All right, so Meg, uh, uh, it sounded like accountability. Let's talk about that because what does that really mean? You know, I hear it all the time. Obviously, I want to be accountable for what I do, but. Let's get to the brass tacks of, you know, how do you make people, or better yet, how do they make themselves uh, accountable to things? Yeah. Well, the real challenge is to give them something that they care about enough that they want to be accountable for it. Mm. And so, you know, chances are that's not making sure that the general ledger is up to date. It's not making sure that uh, whatever things have to happen in IT, I don't even know the words, <laughs> some binary code, something, something has to match. Um, you know, it, it, it's not those things. It's what, what is the feeling that you give to them? So I always think about like a sports team, right? So let's say the Denver Broncos, because we are closest to them, uh, geographically speaking in mm -hmm. Western South Dakota. So, I mean, holy crap, look at all the fans. They're going crazy. They paint their faces. They paint their bodies. They're standing out in a stadium in the freezing cold snow, cheering on their team because, 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 exactly, because, because they've created uh, some sort of a vision, some sort of a, a mantra that everyone can stand behind. And it's really, it's just sports, right? And it, But it's not just sports. That is the thing that America is founded on, right? That's the one golden nugget that's left uh, that's good in this world. So 
The first question we ask organizations when we start working with them is, what is your legacy? What is the thing that everybody actually keeps coming to work for? Um, and so we help the executive team really create that foundation of legacy. And then what challenges stand in your way? And then how are you going to set up some goals, uh, both tangible and abstract, that people really can attach value to in that legacy so that they come to work and they do the things in accounting and in finance and in HR and IT, not because, boy, they just really love making sure that general ledger is right. No, because they love the company, because they believe in your legacy, because they wear, you know, I'm a number one fan, big finger uh, to work every morning. So Got it. Like that. That's how like we that. great, work great crossover. It makes yeah. a lot of sense for sure because yeah. I like, like that. that. Um, definitely uh, emotional connection. Utilizing that that emotional connection is uh, is important. Alan, sorry, uh, you wanted to. Uh, no, I think a lot of times we ask the same questions or we're thinking about the same <laughs> questions. For sure, so it's good and bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm looking. I'm listening to what you're saying, and you're talking about. I don't want to use the word culture, but I also I almost want to use the word hope, because as you've got two, five, ten, two hundred, five hundred people all bringing their their piece of the puzzle to the pie, there can be you know a great deal of pride in that piece, and they can focus on that piece, and they can know that that piece is indeed a a cog for the success of the company. Not to have to shoulder the burdens of all the other pieces, but to learn to, to um, you know, to to welcome all the other pieces. And I and I guess that that's my question: is that when we, the backside of of that value of having your genius is that you kind of devalue maybe the genius of somebody else because it's not your genius. How do you work through that? How do you work through, this is what I'm really good at, and I really admire you for being really good at that, because in that congruency, uh, you're bringing in, you know, solidification to a company. How do you how do you create that if you don't have it? Well, that's the one of the powers of what we do is, and you said hope, which is ironic, because we actually have a client who hired us because he said we brought hope that we could fix <laughs> what he needed, has always needed. Mm -hmm. um, but really, it's value. You said something about deep devaluing. But really, what we do is we, every single person, I don't care if you're picking up garbage on the street or if you're a CEO in a big boardroom, we all want to feel valued and important mm -hmm. to the organization sure. in which Very we work. Very much so. So yep. what we do is with our culture types, and there's four of them, fixer, which I mentioned earlier, independent, organizer, and stabilizer. Um, what we do is we type everybody in your organization and we, by doing that, we understand the work environments that you thrive in. And then we can say, you know what, I understand why Meg is going crazy when I don't give her the numbers that she needs because she's an organizer. She's not, just fix her, but mm -hmm. as an example. God, dear God, she's not an organizer. <laughs> um, but what we do is we've been really careful to not have any winners and losers in those conversations. Yeah. Like if you're an organizer, we need we need organizers in our lives for whatever those things are that are organizer jobs, which means they're they're independently they're they're oriented independently and they're um, they're great at um, intellectually understanding logic and reasoning, and they're like the lawyers and the accountants and those guys. And we need those people, and we need all of those four types that we have and we all have in fact one of the things we're doing is we're culture type matching jobs to individuals so then like that. We, then we know like you know, that if, 
if Christopher is independently minded, dear God, don't give him a stabilizer job. He will go insane. Dear God, mm-hmm. don't do it. He could, he could <laughs> do, do not it. do that. He could I'll do tell it you, really don't do nothing. that. I will be screaming. Yeah, yes. you'll throw yourself off the building, right? And so, yes. <laughs> um, so you could do it. And in fact, we do those jobs every day. Uh, sure. You know, we do a stabilizer job, which is pay our For bills sure. or work with our accountant. Or we, For sure. We but they're subordinate. But we're not that yeah. great at it. And we're just right. the last mm-hmm. damn thing we want to do. And so, but <laughs> it is the last thing that I do. But for stabilizers, chaos makes them crazy. They can't do what we do. And right. so mm-hmm. they would hate that job. They would hate the things that we do. It would make them crazy. And they might not even know why. And that's what we do is we help people understand why they like the things they like at work, why your coworker likes the things they like at work, and how do you create an environment to let everyone thrive in a way that suits everyone and respects right. everybody at the same time and, and gives them that excitement. I love it. And I'm going to, you know, put uh, put you guys on the hot seat for a second. So an organization, um, you know, what can they expect to uh, they have a challenge uh, that you guys can tell me what it is. Let's just, you know, use your knowledge because I don't want to throw something out that, you know, um, uh, is not specific or relevant. But, you know, something where, you know, what can they expect when they, you know, start working with you guys? Like what, what to, uh, can you walk us through almost like a, not necessarily, you know, by name, a case study, but what, what, what would be the process of working through that, you know, and starting uh, to, to do work with you guys? Assuming they've read the book and they, they know what you guys do, so let's just put it that way. It's not just cold, but this is someone that you guys uh, work with and, and what you've done. Yeah, so uh, organizations usually come to us. You know, people don't come to us and say, oh, gosh, we have a culture issue. You know, I, I just I can't <laughs> right. really quite get my culture under control. No, sure. they, they say, yeah, we put in this new project management software and nobody will use it. Or uh, we're trying to get our HRIS up and, uh, you know, I can't even get the, the data dump to come out of a, a an Excel file into into the new system. Or, right. holy crap, we have so much turnover in this one department and I don't even know why except for I think it might be Deb, she's the boss and she's kind of a pain in the ass, but I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> so these are wow. the kinds of issues that come up. And so we first consult with uh, the executive level team or management level team, wherever that makes sense, and say, mm-hmm. okay, give us the dirt. What's actually mm-hmm. going on? What, gotcha. Tell me what's really the problem. And then, so then we help them uh, kind of curate what the curriculum is going to be for training, whether it's frontline supervisors or mid-level management um, or e- executive teams. And typically... What we've seen in the past is no matter where one of our clients starts, they end up uh, training everyone in the organization because they okay. want everyone to be on the same page, and, it, and sure. that makes good sense. Um, so that you know, then we go into the classroom and we teach on you know our intellectual property that we've created with culture types and the Kurtz Change Transition Model and IX Leadership 101. Um, and then we throw in other stuff, whatever the, the organization's really focused on. So we worked with an organization right. who really wanted to um, infuse a lot of accountability in their frontline supervisors so okay. they didn't have uh, friends friends bossing friends, if you will. Right. And so we right. really keyed in on that. Now, some other organizations might say, uh, we need some time management. We need some you know, emotional intelligence. We need some uh, HR basics, like how do I make sure we don't get sued kind of. Right. Sure. Uh, training. So that's that's a kind of a 
snapshot of how we work with organizations. Is there a specific industry um, that has been, you know, more uh, prevalent in your business? Like, what's the scope of industries? Um, just again, there's people listening into the show and saying, well, I'm in that industry and this is what I'm, you know, I'm now relating, right? And I want to solve my problem. So they might want to come to you. What uh, what do you guys find is, is sort of where you're, you're focused or, or what has avatar. happened? Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, the kind of joke, the kind of the running joke is everyone I sit next to on an airplane needs us <laughs> in their business. Right. So we're, sure. really we're really agnostic. We actually, okay. up. we had to do a five minute pitch uh, in front of the hero club, which is a C-suite um, mm -hmm. group. And, um, and we added it up. It is like 17 verticals or something crazy uh, because really, wow. Because people come to us, because we have HR, we have my project management, kind of get things done yeah. uh, background. We also have a risk management specialist, communication specialist, um, okay. some marketing. And so a lot of times we bring clients in to, to solve very specific problems and then they grow from there. Or okay. sometimes we do the culture uh, sort of in a guerrilla style. Uh, like mm -hmm. we have a, a big organization that we're um, talking to someone kind of at a pretty low level manager and she's desperate for us with the pain is always felt in the lower ends of the org chart from a sure. everyday walk into the building kind of gotcha. stuff. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, what we of course need to do always is translate the pain that they're feeling in the front office, which is always business goal related KPI. Are we making enough mm -hmm. money? Where's the revenue to the pain they're feeling on the floor. And so a lot of times what we're doing is regardless of the industry, we are bridging the pain they're feeling in the executive level with the pain they're feeling on the floor. Gotcha. And people actually doing the day-to-day -day work because they, they just, they have different focuses, you know, strategic, tactical, they get different trainings a lot of times intentionally, especially in big organizations, but that just leads to more and more barriers to understanding each other's problems. And a lot of times the executive team doesn't realize that the choices and the decisions they're making are having the impact they are on the everyday gotcha us. gotcha but you're so it's taking sort of that 30 of the team yeah so it's taking out? no i was going to say out. you're exposing everybody to all the teams and the responsibilities and the outcomes of the team so that they understand the other person's journey a little bit better yeah we want to try we we talk about alignment all the time and, and don't have a value at the executive team that's save money nobody gives a mm -hmm. shit about saving money except except for the executive team but you got to make it a goal for the, the people in that we always say like at, in a hospital, we working with one hospital that had this save money goal. And like, mm -hmm. here you are a neo, neonatal nurse. What, what does that even mean? Why would I care about saving money? I'm trying to take care of babies. Sure. And so what about that is passionate and exciting and interesting? Nothing. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's part of our challenge is to help bridge those, uh, bridge right. those uh, perspectives. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, you know, again, audience out there listening in, if you uh, resonated with any of those uh, points, then uh, definitely um, connect because um, that's what this show is all about is getting it out there uh, and a voice for you guys as well because I love what you guys are doing. And it was neat to – and I listened to that uh, condensed. I actually thought you guys did an awesome job. I think you guys – uh, we're, uh, we're a great pitch, uh, and together, um, so Alan, Alan, you're still there, brother. Yeah. I got, I want to, I want to back up a little bit. I want to ask okay. a different question. Let's do the movie. Why out. when, the, yeah, when the two of you were talking and when you first got to know each other, why did you want to work together? Oh, there you go. Whoa. 
Well, because every genius knows <laughs> that they know what they don't know. And being uh, that, uh, Rachel that. and I are both geniuses, we knew we discovered mm. very quickly that we each had a different skill set that uh, the other one did not possess. So I love it. It seemed like a good alignment. Good. Um, I love it. Other, I'm, I'm going to put. That, I'm going to. I'm going to take a picture and put it right next to this one. You know, as another genius. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm yeah. going to put you guys right there. So just everybody keep good knows. Company. That's uh, Einstein, by the way, for everybody that doesn't see the video. But uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get that off to everybody later. Um, cool. Alan, yeah, go I, I think what was really compelling to me about working with Rachel is, um, you know, I, I consider myself an esteemed badass. And I don't know very many other esteemed badasses or hadn't met very many. And Rachel was one of them. And we also – what what was sort of strange to me is that the issues that I was seeing in uh, transportation and logistics and in construction and mining industries um, were the same in, you know, government and IT and all these different areas. And I thought, okay, so I'm not crazy. So this is a real <laughs> problem that people are having mm -hmm. across the world. So I found right. somebody that cares enough about it that we could fix it together. So that's, that. that's why I, that's why we got together. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to I want to follow up that question. What's the ideal goal you hope that every one of your clients succeed and reach? Well, we want to make the world a happier place, and uh, not necessarily because they're happy, but because we're all high achieving and we're all valued in what we do every day. So our real goal is to be the next leadership style, and to make sure that every person that goes to work wants to be there, and not because it's some kumbaya, we're gonna rainbow and butterfly we're happy skipping around. It's because we have built high achieving, successful companies that make yeah. a lot of money and support their people and support their communities. And I think in addition to that, that every client, when we leave uh, them, uh, every client has a culture of saying the things that need said, because that's what's actually mm -hmm. hurting business today is the unspoken conversations, unspoken the things words, that are yeah. said, behind somebody's back, you know, or everybody's mm -hmm. head nodding and yes manning the boss, but as soon as the boss walks out, they're all like, holy shit, we're never gonna get this yeah. done. You're so right. really our goal is in order to create that happier, uh, high achieving environment, we take out that, uh, that ugly emotional side of things and reappropriate those feelings, because you can't get rid of them, but sure. we reappropriate those feelings so that people can use them get a hold of that energy that it's creating and make sure they're using it for good in the business instead of negative in their own personal way. Sure. Okay. I mean, you know, leaving feeling um, off the table uh, in an environment, uh, you know, is going to is going to create that uh, that energy that we all know. You can walk in a room and feel it, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that. Um, but I like open communication. I've always been that way. Just, you know, put it on the table. Let's just talk about it. You know, it, it, we're all adults here. We can figure yeah, out Yeah, but how. that's... See, that's the point, though. We like the, we don't mind the chaos. We don't mind right. what that might bring up. So, yeah, sure. how do you make it so that it becomes a way that people, even they don't like confrontation, they call it confrontation. We just say it's a conversation. Sure. And so, it's I, yeah, re, I like that. Yeah, it's reestablishing the fact that open conversation is not doesn't have to be confrontational. Don't wait until it's so like stressful and makes you anxious, and then you go into the room and and of course the women we always tear up because it's we're overwhelmed and that pisses us off. And so don't wait for the women in the room; they're listening. Don't wait until it's that till you're that upset. Just ask it right away. We we were in a meeting. We were in a big retreat with executives, 
and something was said that one of them didn't like and they ran over to us at the break we were moderating the weekend retreat and they said are you going to ask about the thing and we're like why don't you ask about the thing just ask the question it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be loaded it doesn't have to be emotional mm -hmm. just say hey i don't really understand what you said why don't you t walk me through it so i understand it but people yeah. aren't trained they don't understand they don't have the skills yeah, around that's just the point. how you ask the yeah. question yeah well, we have some innate that. skills we have some innate yeah. skills that operate you know in that in that area that we that we work and we've got to learn the other ones so that exactly. we can, you know melt it into the pot i guess if you want cool yeah Yep. Yeah, I, I got something else that, that Chris and I deal a lot with, with a lot of our, well, we don't deal with it, our clients deal with it, is a high level of turnover based on age demographics of, of uh, employees. We all know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of outsourcing, right, for companies these days. Um, and there's also a lot of bringing in, you know, the younger crowd because they are, maybe they're more up on, technology maybe they're more up on whatever they're up on but along with that comes a short-term position you know i i, I want to work it for a while then i want to move how does a corporation once they've created that continuity amongst their uh you know amongst their team how do they deal with attrition how do you build that into your business planning your working model so that the company doesn't shortchange itself when that transition time or when those transition times come? Well, uh, one thing that we offer our clients is that they can, uh, we help them stand up an onboarding process that has the same ideals that go along with what training has been applied at other levels in the organization. So that when those employees come on board, the new hires come on mm -hmm. board, they, they have that same set of values uh, from the get go. Um, so that's one thing that helps. That's not a that doesn't fix the whole world, but that helps. And then it's really those leaders' jobs. If we're doing our job right as a consultant, um, then that culture within the organization sticks because that's mm -hmm. all anybody ever talks about is you know uh, whether it's something about safety, whether it's something about uh, you know providing value to your clients. What doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's just that everybody has a smile on when they walk through the door. Whatever that is, it has to be pervasive, it has to be thick, it has to be everywhere within the organization. And if we do our job correctly and the company follows through with that, they will have that culture, then they won't have to worry as much about that attrition mm -hmm. um, for those folks. I think another thing that organizations have to pay attention to is, um, you know, we, we've designed the business world so that for the loyalist generation, gosh, we got those guys and they're mm -hmm. gonna work at Ford Motor Company for their whole career and they're gonna retire there and live out their pension with Betty and you know John and Betty are gonna live a great happy life once they retire. But you know that, that just doesn't exist anymore. That's mm -hmm. not a preference. And so perhaps it's something where the business world needs to start looking at, you know, how do we maybe design these jobs so it's easier to transition between people because uh, mm -hmm. On average, someone who's in one of these more recent generations, millennials, um, and and even Gen Xers, Gen, mm -hmm. they're 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 looking at seven jobs in ten years. Right. That's just how it is. As, so as a standard norm. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead of fighting it, let's figure out how we can modify. Sure. You know the yeah. way business is done so it actually suits because the talent is amazing. These people, these yeah. these people can work faster, harder, better, smarter 
than mm-hmm. some of their predecessors. And so don't, you know, I'm, I just get really sick of the, oh God, they just don't want to work or they just, they, they're jumping ship. No, all the time. they want to well, work, but their own there. way. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Because, well, and, and they don't want to stay. Some of them don't want to stay. Yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't care how much money you have and what you're going to offer. I only want to be with you two years. Yep. Use me well, for two years or don't. And I think though, that we take a step back from all that. And a lot of the reason that people are jumping ship is because they don't feel valued comes back mm-hmm. to that value thing. If all I hear when I come into your office is you don't work the way we expect, you have to be your nine to five. We don't give a shit about what you want to do or how you want to work. That's why they jump ship. You talk to the Googles, the Amazons, all those places that people think are sexy to work, the millennials, they're staying there. They're not jumping ship every six months. They're sticking mm-hmm. around because they have the culture that recognizes and values them. I don't sure. care what generation, we sort of reject a lot of the generational assumptions in the sense of, you know, you look at, we mentioned Jeffrey Hazlett earlier. Look, mm-hmm. he's he's an independent guy. He's, I don't know, gen, what is he? I don't even know, baby boomer-y, yeah. you know? He's and so, my, but he's, he's like baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, so he's like this, he's this independent guy building planes as he flies them, as he mm-hmm. says, you know? and. But according to the generational rules, that's not who he's supposed to be. And right. so what we say is, you know what? It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone wants to feel valued and everyone wants to grow. So if you Love provide that. a place where you can feel valued and you can grow in that, either in that role or in future roles or in your training or in what your capabilities are, mm-hmm. people will stay longer. And even if they leave, great. You've trained them to go on and be a better contributor to the next company. And if we all had right. that attitude, I think everyone would be better off. Agree. And, How and, great that and would something be. interesting on value and growth, and I think that that um, and and are you finding, and maybe you do this already, is the personal development side of people. You know, good mm-hmm. books, libraries, things, then resources that they can connect with. Obviously, you know, we've met at a hero club, and the connections and the events and things like that are so important because it's good being around people uh, that you know maybe have. Um, these idealisms that you're first exposed to or share mm-hmm. in the same ones. And, you know, I find that every time I come back from an event, um, why it's so important to go to these things is that you can you can come back and you'll see definitely a growth because you personally took the time out to, you know, understand, uh, you know, what that means to you and, you know, obviously connections with other people and how you can service, you know, are important as well. But I always find personal development lacks in a lot of organizations. I've been fortunate enough to be part of the ones that helped me grow as a salesperson, you know, even starting back in Amway many, many years ago, uh, you know, I was handed a book, you know, and that book, uh, I believe at the time uh, was Think and Grow Rich, probably, you know, that's a big one that gets tossed around. Where do you find personal development in some of the things? Are you seeing that? Uh, uh, correlation uh you know uh, do you work in that area at all yeah well, there's you know we deal with personal development professional development uh, blends it blends over but i sure. shouldn't talk over meg um <laughs> sorry what oh no yeah. okay uh i was getting a, i was getting a oh hey look sorry oh because well, <laughs> i'm an hr nerd yeah i know that's right yeah yeah um, Personal development, yay! We uh, so one thing that Rachel and I talk a lot about is that, you know, individual leadership development is great and it served us really well um, for many years. But what happened when we focused so much on individual leadership development is we kind of forgot how to lead teams. Mm. Uh, and so all of our work that we've done is about it's about helping that individual develop. But within but it's, a team, it's focused on how how they develop and develop their team. 
I got it. You know how they're I got developed. it. Yeah. 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 It makes so, sense. Yeah. And so, and it's, it, I mean, it's it's absolutely critical because, like Rachel said earlier, uh, uh, what if it's if whatever the thing? God, science is so stupid to me. I don't even understand it. <laughs> whatever a thing in motion, an object in motion stays in motion. Stays in motion. Stays in motion. It stops. Stops. Inertia. In, inertia. Yeah. Inertia. Well, oh, that's the word. Yeah. Inertia. Yeah. Equal and, so, and opposite. You know, yeah. If if people aren't growing, they're not growing. I, right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, I guess the analogy is play, help them play their position, right? And um, and and or that... they're mismatched, right? If you think of it as sure. sports analogy, sure. You know, if you had someone who's a linebacker who likes the flexibility of reading the play and moving around and deciding where he needs to be, um, mm-hmm. but and then you put him in a in a lineman position where he's supposed to be at a certain place every single time, he's not going to thrive there. Well, a he's probably too right. small. But right. B, he's, you know, that's not the way Ow. he likes sure. to work. You know, yeah. like For if sure. you take a lineman and put him in the linebacker position, he maybe yeah. that's not where his zone of genius is. So gotcha. put him where they are, are, you know, a lot of times we self-select. Like, uh, you know, I'm we do this because, and you do that because you love all of the crazy shit that we get to do. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we see people that are in stabilizer jobs, there's great examples where, you know, you have the greatest mechanic in your um, whole division or the greatest IT guy you have, and mm-hmm. you promote them. Uh, a, actually, a better example for you, Christopher, is sales. We had a story of a guy who was the best salesman this woman ever had, and they decided to incorporate, and they got a big investor, and so they got this big team, so they promoted him to the uh, vice president of sales, right, which was turned out to be a stabilizer job, even though he was an independent guy. And so all of a sudden, even though he's the best salesman, he loved it and he ate up all of that chaos. Well, now he has to be in the office. He has to show up for meetings. He has Completely to manage other different. people. Mm-hmm. And he hated it. He started getting less and less great at sales because he was mismatched his role. Mismatched. So sometimes it's not help people be the best at what they're doing. Sure. Sometimes sure. it's finding the right role that's actually going to suit who they are. Yeah, I love that. So when you build this, after your evaluation, you have this big uh, corporate matrix, basically, that you've built. And it's got where everybody sits, and you've got their their hot zone. You've got what they're really good at. My imagination, it, it, it looks like a chess game to me. You can actually take this person, if they're really in the wrong position, and move them over here, right? Yep. This is the, yes. I think your company is going to be better suited if these five people move around and change jobs to actually thrive in what they do. Is how is that? If you do that, how is that received by the corporation? They go, do they say, great, thanks, or, oh, shit, we've made a mistake, and please don't bring that up because we look bad. Right. Yeah. They Well, so uh, I was just thinking about this. Funny you bring it up. Uh, we, we make some sort of maybe off-the-wall, what would be considered off-the-wall recommendations to say, well, hey, maybe Jane actually would be better in the sales department mm-hmm. instead of in HR because she's always trying to create some uh, really amazing event for everybody and she's really worried about you know what people think of the company and all this stuff great for HR but maybe not practically applicable um, mm-hmm. so we've made suggestions like that and um, it was met with some like okay that's great thanks or uh, well we can't just move people around or um, well we don't have a role for Jane over there yet so I guess our challenge to the business world is why, why do why have we ascribed to these uh, yeah. The, what says who? Pigeonhole. I mean, it, does yeah. does the SEC or yeah. someone say that you can't move your people around? No. 
Uh, no, we just, well, that's how we've always done business. So that's how we've continued to do it. So our challenge really to our clients and the business world, I hope you're listening, business world, <laughs> is uh, why? Why not? Yeah. Maybe you can move that person and maybe you do, you culture type everyone and realize that Jane and Jimmy could switch spots. And then, mm -hmm. hey, you don't have to worry about reallocating dollars or this or that. Right. So it's not it's not just easy um and it's definitely a challenge to think about in theory and it's a challenge for budgets and everything else uh but why not if it mm -hmm. serves your business why wouldn't you do it and right. it, it is fun to see people uh, i was just talking to somebody yesterday and and a person was t was sort of leading this big team and maybe in a strategic role and he wasn't really thriving wasn't really performing the way they hoped and they actually put him, he had, but he had a law degree and an MBA. So like, well, he's clearly smart, but he wasn't really, you know, keeping up what they thought. And so they gave him a job that was more about it, more in the sales department about looking at contracts that were pending and if they were what they could provide or not. Anyway, a deep, more detail oriented place where he could just sit in his office and dig into all of these contracts and he loved and he was so excited. He created his own process and he figured out who he had to talk to at what point. And all of a sudden you'd walk past his office and he was excited and busy and working where before when he had a better job, quote unquote, he was actually really kind of disengaged and would show up at meetings, but wasn't really, you know, contributing. And so changing people isn't a loss or it's not a problem always, you know, it's the whole point is to get them someplace where they're going to be more productive more and effective yeah. for your company. Sure. Yeah, sure. And that they're happy. People want and to be for recognized, themselves. you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they'll yeah, do more for, for recognition right? than they'll do for money any day of the week. Right. Well, and it's always about, you know, leadership and how if you are excited about working for the person you're working for. And so we did, there's sure. just, that, that's actually a real barrier for us to come into a company is that leadership has to, A, acknowledge that they have a problem and they mm -hmm. don't know Which how to is, fix it. Which can be big. Right, huge. Yeah. And they also have to recognize that, but we're also, we're all, and they are afraid always that we're going to come in and like burn down their org and try to rebuild <laughs> it, which is everyone's always, yeah. everyone's already oversubscribed and busy and they like don't have time. Right. We hear mm -hmm. that all the time. We are working with a client, potential client and we're, Meg's like, well, we like to have two and a half or three days to do some things. And he's like, oh, we don't have that much time. And we're like, really? To not solve this problem that's been plaguing you for eight months straight, sure. you don't have three days because you we get in our own head about we're too busy right. to, to fix the problem. Right. But well, how much time has the problem already cost? Exactly. You? Right. Exactly. And what? Yeah. What's the lost opportunity yeah. cost? What's for the lost all opportunity? That? And True. because when people people want to come to work and love what they do, be valued for what they do, and believe in the company they work for, and frankly love mm -hmm. who they're standing next to, and sure. so it's it's shocking how fast and easy changes are. Listen, like uh, if we're listening, talking to the business world, business world, <laughs> changing your people, uh, what they do is so easy and fast if you do it well. Like from one day to the next, we see complete turnarounds in productivity and excitement and enthusiasm. And it, that sticks. It's not just, we're not one of those jazz hands people that runs in and gets you all sure. excited and then we run away, sure. right? I, so I, mean, I see it this be. way. I see this, uh, you know, another way uh, as well, you know, for the audience looking in and, you know, maybe potentially people thinking about their businesses. The way I see it is when you bring people in like yourselves, uh, employees actually look at it as an investment mm -hmm. to make life better and that, you know, you're paying attention to things that they want solved. Right. So it, it, it works in that favor because they embrace, it sounds, with change because 
they're going to get more efficient. They're going to like what they do. They finally got stuff off their chest where they can, you know, be honest and then things start to roll. It just makes sense to me that if you fix those efficiencies and processes, processes or processes, I'm Canadians, which Ooh, one? Canadian process, oh, sorry. Process. Process. You fix process. the process, uh, then, then people, people stop bitching about stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you give they them something to bitch about, they're going to bitch about they're it. They're going to bitch about it. But if you take well, the bitching away, they might find something else. But I think if they're happy enough and they get to see that, hey, they're paying attention, I think that's a huge way to look at it is I think it's awesome when you bring in consultants because mm -hmm. it shows that, hey, we don't have all the answers, but we're going to investigate how we can fix this. Yeah. And we're doing it for you, by the way. Yeah, so, and it, yeah. again, it shows value for your people. For sure. And, right. and, if, and if you bring in the right people, the right consultants mm – -hmm. We can be flexible. We can say, you know what? We know that you don't want to burn down your org structure right now sure. mm -hmm. because that's a huge change for people. So what's the incremental changes we can start solving this root cause problem without a lot of I disruption? It. Yeah. So it's not like we come in and just are big disruptors because sure. a lot of companies aren't that way. I mean, think of like big long-term companies that just they're really trying to just compete in the marketplace with young yeah. upstarts, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want burning down of things. They want to keep, keep going. You guys but are like... There's investigating reporters, you know, yeah. going in yeah. to figure stuff out and come back yeah. and have some and little know. tweaks. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. And a lot of leaders don't know. A lot of leaders don't know what's really going on in uh, what's in their own organization. Right. So they know that they right. can't deliver right. on time, but they're three org chart layers away from the Below. people actually delivering. Yeah. So a lot of times we we actually do pretty intense discovery phases to I help love that. Uh, as an external view, what's sure. actually happening. Yeah, recon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's great. This show goes so fast. You guys have been wonderful and so many really cool things. And, you know, we're uh, we're, we're always idea guys, so we're going to think of ways that um, maybe we can do a FaceTime live and actually get uh, um, – Work through uh, something. Like a, a, a targeted yeah. audience that would, yeah. you know, benefit from something that they can learn and implement and just check it out, you know, just give them some cool things. So if you're up That'd for that – We'll, uh, we'll we'll have some fun doing that kind of stuff. Uh, Alan, you want to bring him in for a landing? Yeah, uh, but I want to ask fine. one question before we yeah, do sure. that. Before we do that. Um, of course. How can we help you? Oh, Alan's been throwing this. I've been throwing that it. out today. It just seems to be it. right. And it, yeah, yeah, how can we help you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we besides being awesome and just keeping awesome, awesome well, yeah. and right. you guys are you guys amazing. Are, you, do your, you do you, and uh, you know that's going to help the world. But no, our goal, our goal is to be the next leadership style uh, globally. That's going to change the way business is done. Love so, it. whatever creative and innovative ways you can help us achieve that uh, is fantastically valuable for us. We are super connectors. Okay. We will make that Very happen. Much so. No problem. Yeah, the the uh, book you can. Oh, yeah. Um, unapologetically <laughs> promote the book to no end because that's so our okay. that's awesome. our real sure. uh, you know if you have clients you want to throw at us that's awesome that book sure. though is a way we're really going to make an impact and change that's the, the education world. piece awesome. and so like that's moment. that's really the important part for our objective in changing the way business is done. So get well, that damn book out people. there. Everybody on your Christmas list gets an IX Everybody buy the book. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you guys have been wonderful. Thank you so much to the audience. Thanks for listening in. And, uh, of course, this will be, and I'll throw it out there again, featured on C-Suite Radio. There you go. Hey, you know, the connection here. Uh, Alan, always a pleasure. Meg Likewise, and Rachel, thank you.
You guys have been great. Thanks for giving us your time today. We appreciate that. Uh, thanks a million, guys. Yep. And it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.